everybody. Good morning. Welcome in to today's programme. Monday morning, we're with you right through until 12 midday. We're going to go to Michael Fitzmaurice. He's joined the Independent Party. We're looking at that on today's programme. Lorraine Lally has a very special event taking place in the Galmont uh, in a few minutes' time. She'll be joining us. Chris McManus is in town and we're looking at uh, the right to have cash in one's pocket uh, moving forward. We also look at the documentary going out tonight on Virgin Media about being stalked. It's a Galway story. We'll give you details on that. Also, we look at the disappeared on today's program. Fascinating, I have to say. We've uh, Galway greats on today's program. Today, we've Sister Agnes Curley from June. She's absolutely brilliant and a wonderful person. And we have sport as well. That and more between now and 12 midday. Good morning to you. Now, very good morning to you. Let's hope that you had a good weekend and a safe weekend and everything went well for you. And uh, by, by just by mistake, and I, I kind of make the statement as I, as I go along, but just by mistake, I got up Saturday morning, was having a bit of breakfast, and uh, then I just flicked on the telly and John Bruton's funeral was on. I have to say, as a nation, we should be extremely proud of what the nation did, the army did, um, the Bruton family themselves did, the crew in RTE did stellar work, I have to say, from half ten until about uh, three o'clock. No breaks, no nothing, straight through, right through. Um, but when you see the work that the army do and the army band do and all that happens there, you would take your hat off to them. I mean, it was... I watched it to the very end. I don't watch television to the very end, but I was just aghast at how wonderful they were and how they just represented the country. And I think it gave the country a lift. And I was talking to a number of people indeed who texted to say, are you looking at John Bruton's funeral? And I said, I am. And they were as surprised as I was that I was. But it was just just a lovely production, beautifully done. Uh, a good few Galway people there um, that you could see in the congregation as well. And he was revered, I have to say, in the way that they followed him all the way to the cemetery and arriving at the cemetery. I'm sure it cost them an absolute fortune, but we can knock people very quickly in this country. But I think they have to be commended. Everybody from those that planned it. I mean, he, he was only dead a few hours and they started planning it. Um, but for those who did plan it and the family and all, it was just, it was a beautiful production. Done in high definition. Just a beautiful production. Do you agree or disagree? You can, you can disagree all you want if you want. There's no drama. All you have to do is text us to 0638 Deputy Michael Fitzmaurice joins me on the line today. Deputy Fitzmaurice, good morning to you. How are you, Keith? Are you well? I'm good. Congratulations to you. You have uh, joined the independent parties. The, the full title of it, Michael, is the independent, is it? Independent party, yeah. Independent party. You made a decision. Um, was this the best decision for you? Well, sure, look at time. Uh, no one can look into a glass bowl and know whether, you know, what was the greatest thing in the world. And many a time I made a decision and it was a total disaster. And many a time I made a decision and it was a good one. Um, as I've said before in your program, um, if you want to try and be near the piano where it's playing with the way things are going, one time ago, Tony Gregory was on his own. He was able to achieve an awful lot. It went to three or four. It went to seven or eight. Now it's at 12 um, in, like, there's no single government now. Mm. And um, while you can do an awful lot as, you know, an individual or an independent on your own, um, if you're to be in the fray to try and, you know, uh, put in real change, um, you have to make decisions. And I was at a crossroads, straight up. You heard me saying that um, if I didn't end up, uh, that if we couldn't get something together, as independence, 
uh, I wouldn't be staying in politics. That was mm. it because like you did say I'm not just there. For, I'm not just there to be walking around corridors. And um, I was looking. I talked to a lot of people about doing it myself. The boys um, had registered a party. Um, what the, the damnedest thing or you never do it is try and split something down the middle. That's not the way you go about it. Um, and I spent a fair amount of December and right through Christmas, uh, we met up, uh, you know, a heap of times during Christmas, going through policy documents and that. And um, look at after that, we agreed on the policy documents. And I could stay an independent and like you have your base and you have, you, you know, you'd be, you, you, you wouldn't have probably as much pressure on you. But because we're starting at the bottom again now, that's it. There's no point in saying you're not. Um, but you have to take risks and sure down the road to tell whether it was a good idea or not. That's the total. You know, there's no and titting that we're um, going to be. You know, I'm not going to go saying to people, "We'll promise the sun, moon, and stars." That's not me. I don't do that. To be straightforward, to be blunt, uh, there'll be policy documents there that people can look at. There's a lot of people there in the line of councillors around the country that we. Um, can it, that we basically have to uh, get going um, and um, look, we'll see how she'll go down the road. Can I ask you, how many TDs have you signed up? Is it your, it's yourself and two so others? just the three of us at the moment. Yeah. There's more TDs being talked to. But look, that could go one way or the other. Do you know what I mean? There's no point in, there's no big promises in, in any of this. What there will be is comprehensive documents done out for people. Um, in We have talked about Basically, in the line of councillors, we've talked about Europe in the line of, that we believe that with all the stuff that's coming out of Europe, the Green Deal and the nature restoration laws, everyone knows about the science directive, all the different stuff that's coming, that we need uh, people to basically stand up for what we believe in. And on top of that, um, we would have fairly common sense documents done. On, and this isn't just, does I, we're doing a comprehensive document in agriculture. We've also a comprehensive document done on housing. It's not going to be just um, my back door stuff. It's going to be right around the country because no. a problem in housing in Galway is a problem in housing in Donegal is a problem in no. housing all over the country. A health problem in Galway is the same every other way. We've done higher education. And we'd have done like part of the document, and I mentioned it to you before there, about buy-in from local people. I mentioned in frontline services of dilapidated buildings that you're bringing schemes like that. Um, you know, straightforward things, common sense things. That's the one thing to be about. It won't be like promising everyone that they'll have a house the next day. I'm not going to, I'll never do that to people. I'd be straight up with them. Yeah, um, I, I would be aware from talking to you over the Christmas period, in other words, that a huge amount of work has gone into this behind the scenes. And I'm sure there was tense moments uh, uh, d- during it as well. But is is it so? Is it your intention uh, with the independents um, to bring councillors on board? I know you've, I know you've met an awful lot of the independent councillors in, in Galway County Council and perhaps Galway City Council. I know County Council you have. So, are you hoping that they will all come on board prior to a major election? Well, look at the first thing you have to do, Keith and Anton, is you cannot just ring someone up and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing something. Will you come on board?" You need to have something that they look at and that it's different to the run-of-the-mill stuff that's going on. Um, there's a lot of people concerned at the moment. And, like, I'm, if I had a, a euro for every time someone has said to me, well, I'm not come voting for them or them or them, and I'm not going to have a go, I'm not having a go at any party, I'm not going to mention them parties. But, and then I'd turn around to them and I'd say, and who are you going to vote for? Well, I don't know because there's no one there. Well, now they're going to get the chance. 
that there'll be that there'll be someone there. We'll be trying to uh, make sure that there's candidates in all areas. Um, and look, it's a lot of work to do because there's be three who's trying to plough the furrow for a while. Yeah. We have good people at the back who's. Um, and after that, uh, to be for people to decide when they look at the different documents. And I think that uh, it's going to give a choice to people. So it'll be very much helping or looking at uh, Middle Ireland that I always have said in your programme that I believe has been forgot about. It's not right, in my opinion, at the moment that a young people, you could have one time ago, in years ago, if you were a doctor and a gay, or if you were a guard and a nurse, you were sure you could buy a house in Dublin. You'd hardly have the down payment of it now. That's big yeah, problems. No, no, that's and we it. need to sort all the things. Can I ask you, just in relation to, somebody just texted in here, why did you not um, join the Farmers Alliance? Uh, for the simple reason that uh, at the time they were doing public meetings, um, I would have said to myself, and look what I'm up, I, I can be proved wrong on this, that um, if you just concentrate on one thing only, there's 130,000 farmers in the country and we've done a massive comprehensive document on agriculture and they're ferociously important. But if you're, uh, if you're trying to get into government and you need the numbers of seats, and you divide that by 40, it's about 3,000 in every constituency. So, and divide a constituency up, then Keith, you know, you, you need to make sure that you broaden your spectrum to make sure you cater for everyone. Because remember, rural Ireland is made up of farmers, it's made up of business people, it's made up of uh, people that don't have land or anthem, but contribute so yeah. much to communities, what I would call Middle Ireland. So you have to cater for everyone. Everyone is important. Older people are important. Okay. You have to make sure that you um, don't be sort of on one thing only, that you make sure that you look after uh, all our citizens, because I think our constitution says that we should treat our citizens equally. Can I ask you, uh, somebody wants to, has texted in again, what is this policy on migrants? I said we have a policy document on migrants. Uh, first of all, you heard me talking about the 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 last day that uh, in the line uh, the that the government should pronounce the thing that communities instead of these private providers. Right. Second of all, and I, we've been clear and we've been clear on this, and I've brought this up, and so has Richard and Michael. This passport situation I brought up in your program. Like I can't get into any country without passports, so we have to we have to go and nail down that. And on top of that, we have to do the processes away quicker because you can't have this going on and going on and going on. If so, if there's a safe country and the process is going on for six or eight months, it shouldn't be. They should be turning it around fast to make these decisions. And on top of that, I agree with the government what they're on about going to do now at long last. Uh, you had a ch if if you went in and you were told you had to leave a country to sort up to yourself when you're headed off. The government is on about now putting in uh, basically chartered flights, and I agree with that. Uh, somebody said, uh, brilliant news to hear that we will have a party uh, for Michael to vote for. Bye-bye uh, Greens plus stale old parties that have no interest in us people and that voted them in from there. Yeah, well, look, at, um, you can learn from the Greens as well, um, because, and you know, I've said this before. Well, you're not a fan program. of the Greens. Um, Huh? You're not a fan of the Greens? No, I'm not a fan of the Greens and never That's will okay. be. Uh, I'm a fan of common sense, not uh, fantasy. Um, but the one thing they have done, and I don't like it, but um, they learned when they were in in 2009 and 10, they probably were under ferocious pressure, it was the first time in. They learned in this one, and they are, in, look at their, it's basically the the tail wagging the dog, and uh, or the dog, the, the, that it's their 
they know the second time round how to do it better and they're okay. getting offers the policies they believe in that I don't uh, implement it. And uh, no one is against uh, doing things better. No one is against uh, making sure that we farm better or whatever. But you can't have a situation that you keep kicking in the ghoulies, the farmers around this country that's supplying the food and quality food every day of the week. You can't have a situation that people driving from all the towns that you, you cover into Galway City and that these people yeah. are told that they'd be better cycling or walking. Or you can't have a situation that the likes of the Galway Outer Bypass is held in chaos. And I know I'm not blaming the Greens for this one because it's European legislation that has it done that when you go into that city in the morning that I can drive, I'm I'm 40, 35, 40 miles from Galway. I can drive to the Dáil quicker than I can get into Galway yeah. City. Now, there's something ferociously wrong then. And we have to make sure that you have the likes of balanced regional development. You have to make sure that you, you know, help smaller towns. And you're not going to solve everything. You know, you're not the magician, and I never will ever do that. I'm not going to be, to be blunt, straight, yes or no, you can do something. To won't be promising someone and promising them and leaving them that they think that there's something coming or making an announcement that it never happened. That's not the way you do things. Are you going to run people in the European elections and are you going to be one of those people? Well, first of all, we are. Um, it is the intention to get people or that people will be running in the European elections. Second of all, at the moment, I'm a TD for my area, right? That's yeah. where I would always have my, basically, uh, first choice on. But uh, I'd be a fool to go saying I'd rule something in or out. Uh, what will be happening, and this has been very blunt and clear to you, what will be happening over the next four to five weeks is a a lot of people have expressed interest in both council and the European. Uh, they will be all met. That may work out, Keith, and it may not. There's yeah. no point in. I'm not. I cannot look into the glass bowl. And if we're going to put our best feet foot forward, we'll amalgamate the best teams, be it in uh, Munster, in uh, Connacht, and and Leinster, and uh, we will. Uh, decide then and that'll be over the next five or six weeks so I'd be a fool to say to you well I'm not going to do something when at the end of the day if something didn't work out there are a lot of great people there at the moment in fairness and uh, but my first choice or my first thing would always be uh, to go for the okay. dolls let's be you, honest with you you have you have a website set up and you're you're taking membership what is the website details Oh, I, the, I have the website. Uh, I haven't it here, to be honest about it, with me at the moment. Uh, the, there's a website. I'll take a membership. Uh, Michael and and and, and uh, Richard will do that. It is independent, independent Ireland, basically, to put it simple. If you Google that up, the website is on it. All right. Listen, good luck with it. There's a huge amount of support on the screen this morning. Um, but uh, thank you for joining us uh, today. That's W. Michael Fitzmaurice joining us there. Huge amount of support on the screen, I have to say. Uh, for him this morning. I'll give you some of those comments in a few minutes' time. Now, they want to take a short commercial break, and Lorraine Lally joins us. She's got a very special event in the Galmont in approximately 34 minutes' time. 
Oh, very good morning. Welcome into today's program. Uh, Lorraine Lally sits up to me today because the National Disability Strategy event is taking place in the Galmont Hotel in approximately 32 minutes' time. You're at um, morning till late. How are you today? Morning, Keith. Good morning, everyone. You have a good crew coming to the Galmont. We have morning. a very good crew. Uh, the people of Galway have come out this morning um, to take part in our town hall event, and we're going to have the Minister, uh, Anne Robert, there this morning to open it up. And we really want people um, to take part today in the town hall event because we're going to have themed sessions mm. uh, in the afternoon. So the themed sessions are going to be around issues um, around employment, anti-poverty, uh, transport and mobility, uh, which is a very touchy subject I know in Galway with uh, the, the bus connects yeah. proposals and all that. And we've had people with disabilities again contributing to that. So we're looking forward to seeing you all uh, uh, in the Gamont. And when you say a town hall event, um, is this the beginning of something major? It is the beginning of the consultation process for the National Disability Strategy. So yeah. what we're doing is we're going to be meeting today. We're going to have breakout groups um, for the afternoon and people are going to be coming together to put together their submissions, what they want to see, what people with disabilities, their families and, and different groups want to see in the strategy to reflect, I suppose, the needs of um, the individuals and the public. We want a whole of government approach around the implementation of the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Ireland has the lowest, one of the lowest rates of people with disabilities in employment, Keith. It's shocking. That's 2.8% of people with disabilities in employment. But this is, is people that's affected that will be uh, at the town hall event Yes, today. it will. We so want their voice will be heard in this way. That is it. That is exactly what we want. We want to hear people with disabilities um, and we want to hear what their ideas are, what their thoughts are, what they want to see. I know there's been great discussion and debate uh, around um, possibly the public service or the civil service providing a certain amount of, of jobs and um, places for people with disabilities. I know other organisations like the HSC and a lot of the civil service are struggling to get employees at the moment, but they are not providing a reasonable accommodation for people with disabilities, and they need to do that. We need to see the government leading out on this, Keith, to give people with disabilities an opportunity to get out of poverty. But it's a change of mindset that has to be done, has, has got to be taken on board here. It is. It's about seeing people as whole people. And I, I heard Michael Fitzmaurice's interview there just a few minutes ago, and like he said, um, again, respecting each citizen of the state regardless of their um, disability and realising they have abilities, realising they have a voice, realising they can make a difference. We see a lot of people with disabilities over in the university right now. They're studying, they're going to get degrees and masters, Keith, and then there's nowhere for them to go. There's no employment opportunities and there's no employers willing to take them on, which is very, very disappointing and very short-sighted. Yeah, and I know that the government in the past, now going back, going back quite a bit on this one, they put incentives in place uh, for employers to take on people with a disability, but that's wrong too. I do think it's wrong, and what I it's find wrong, very, yeah. very disappointing is there was more people with disabilities employed in Ireland in 1969, Keith, than now. I don't know how it's possible really? that we're actually going backwards, Keith, on this. This is the shocking bit. But is it is it the employers? Yeah, are they being too picky? Are they just ignoring people with disability? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, we see with the, the likes of publicjobs.ie, they need to make it a more accessible system. Some of the application forms and stuff are hard to deal with if you're visually impaired or if you have uh, different conditions. We need to see a system that is accessible for everyone. If people can't apply for the job then they're not going to get an interview and they're not going to get the opportunity. We also need to see a situation where the state will let someone have their disability allowance for 12 months and give them a chance to work and give mm -hmm. them a chance to, to um, I suppose, get employment. Because if you lose all your benefits um, straight away, 
then you've not not got a permanent job either because you're six months probationary with most private employers. With the state, um, with civil service now, you have to be working for 12 months before they make you permanent. So can you, but you can't pause the, the disability payments that you would be getting um, if you're working. Very often the payments stop straight away, Keith. Yeah. And there's a problem then because you're a probationary and you lose your job after three months or it doesn't work out. How long does it take to get it back? That's it. It takes takes a significant period of time to get it back. And, and I know the people out there in the Department of Social Protection um, in Galway and all over the country, they're doing their very best. I, I do know that. It's but the system. It is the system and it is systematic discrimination is what we're dealing with really. Which is a very strong word really, isn't it? Discrimination. <laughs> it, it is because for a lot of parents out there, you have a child with a disability, you're taking them through primary school, secondary school. Parents tell me all the time their dream is for their child to fulfil their potential. I want my child to fulfil their potential, yeah. mm-hmm. which is every parent's dream. And we should be allowing parents to have that dream. And we need the Minister for Disabilities today, Anne Rabbit, to come with open ears. And I would actually say an open mind and an open heart as well to have a bit of compassion for some of these people who have not been given access to the workplace. I, and I'm, I'm apolitical, to be honest, but I do believe that she has in her heart, she understands what needs to be done, but it's to get that done. It is. It's about getting it done, really. It really is. Even if we had 20 or 30 state employers that were going to make up a certain percentage of the workplace with people with disabilities, giving them a chance, including them, giving them that opportunity. Treating them with respect. Respect is something that I think a lot of us take for granted if we don't have um, the voice and the representation that we need in society. When you look around in the workplace, we need to see more diversity. We need to see more inclusion. We're seeing real problems at the moment where we're living in a society where people think you're one thing or another. In reality, you can be a migrant and a person with disabilities. You can be a single mother caring for a child with a disability and also have a disability yourself. Mm. So it is more complex than people like to believe. And it definitely is a lot more widespread than people realise. And many people with disabilities out there won't disclose in the workplace. And today as well is International Epilepsy Day. So shout out to all my uh, fellow uh, people with epilepsy out there, but they feel and they do experience discrimination in the workplace, even in some of the state employers, mm. which I find shocking. I find myself in the Labour Court very often and in the WRC for people with epilepsy and, and they're having problems getting reasonable accommodation, despite the fact that they have 20 years working as a solicitor um, in, in, in a state body. So, you know, we do need to change our mindset. We do need to change our approach and we need to do a better job for people because there are young people right now, children listening, um, who will be relying on us. We're on their midterm break. We're going to say, what am yeah. I going to do when I'm finished school? But you're not looking for sympathy. You're looking for, you're looking for jobs. We're looking for jobs. We're looking for the opportunity to work, to be self-sufficient, not to be relying on living state benefits. Alone, all that type of stuff. Exactly. Independent living. And, and again, people are realising that their life has value. This is Ireland. We like to appreciate people and we like to think that everyone is is created equal, but we're not all created equally, unfortunately. And I think people with disabilities need an extra support from the state to pull themselves up and to be given an opportunity to work for themselves and mm-hmm. pay tax and have their own uh, bank account and bills and, and their own um, place to live and pay rent. That's mm-hmm. what they want. Um, I, I think you're excellent at what you do, uh, and you know that. Um, but I think um, if people want to go along, you are oversubscribed, or are you? Uh, we are oversubscribed, but I would ask everyone to check out the National Disability Authority website and to email in any submissions or any ideas or any thoughts that you might have around the National Disability Strategy. We want to hear from everyone. We have a sample submission document as well on the website. People can fill in and answer those questions. 
and um, we are asking you questions about how the government can can make the strategy work, how they can implement real um, change on the ground and we want everyone's ideas and thoughts. Nobody has all the answers and we want to work together to develop a good strategy, Mm -hmm. something that reflects what we want. So 10.30 this morning, I got my timings wrong, 10.30 a.m. this morning is registration and refreshments. Uh, 11 o'clock, the opening remarks from Minister Anne Rabbit, um, Minister of State there, the Department of Children and Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth. Then 11.45, you'll have some breakout sessions and uh, questions and answers. Then 1.15, breakout sessions. And again, it just continues right through until about, what, half three, three o'clock? Until about half three. And again, it's a working day for everyone who's taken part. And I want to thank those in Galway from the from all the different um, uh, disability groups and organisations and and those as well from the deaf community. Um, we do have a sign language interpreters uh, present today and we do want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And we also want to, I suppose, the, the strategy to represent your views as well. And for people who are deaf, there's a possibility of submitting videos via sign language and we will be putting that in as well. So we're totally inclusive. Let us know how you get on, please, uh, today. And I hope that you get uh, the numbers that you need. I hope that you get um, people to to get involved in the National Disability Strategy um, because this is what's going to be used uh, when we have the election, in, uh, whenever the major election is going to be. But for local, European and otherwise, this is going to be used as well. Lorraine, keep up the good work and thanks to you for joining us uh, today on the programme. Thank you very much, Keith. Uh, and good luck with it. And if it's a good outcome, come back to us and let us know from there. Lorraine Lally, who's joining us there, the National Disability Strategy is taking place this morning in the Galmont Hotel in Galway City. And if you want to go along, just uh, pop along and talk to the people down there. Just a couple of um, comments coming in the way and uh, I'll give them to you then. I'm going to go to a special guest who has joined us uh, this morning. Uh, Keith, what are the Gardaí, um, what are the Gardaí going to do? Come up here, please, would you? What are the Gardaí going to do about the disgraceful scenes outside the hospital with a group of females um, and young children? Uh, a great example for children to see. And they are the very ones claiming after being discriminated against. And the problem uh, has not gone away, this caller said. Will you come back and give me more details on that? I was in to visit somebody in the hospital yesterday evening, a friend of mine in UHG, and uh, I poked my head into the ED department, which was chock-a-block, and there was a rather nasty scene between two young people, uh, a boy and a girl, man and woman. They were, they were only 18, 19. And obviously there was, um, they were intoxicated with something. My heart went out to the security people uh, trying to contain them at uh, half six, seven o'clock last evening. But there you go. Come back with me with further details on that if you don't mind. And I get to it. I have other comments I need to get to as well. And I'll do that just after the 10 o'clock news. Now, let me go to MEP Chris McManus, who joins me in studio again. Uh, of Sinn Féin, and he sits up to me today. Uh, Chris, morning to you. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks Kate. For, and firstly, can I say it's the first time I've seen you since your big announcement. Just to wish you well in your further endeavours. It's... Uh, <laughs> There's, there, there's, there, there's, there's a number of you in, in our part of the world. There's Niall Delaney up my own way and, and Tommy and yourself, and you've been around a long time. In your, we have, but don't I look you're good a today? Bit, you, I have don't to say, you're, you're, you're fresher looking than some of your counterparts <laughs> in Midwestern Ocean and indeed over in Shannon's side. So, you can, you can. no, but no, no, it's it's uh, it's a big decision to take. and uh, It is, but it's a good know. decision. So, it is. listen, just, just looking at what I have a couple of things I want to get through with you. This right to cash, you've done the public survey and. Um, in relation to the right to cash. Cash is going nowhere. I disagree with you uh, on that, Kate. And I think in the first instance, what we have to do is, is start. our starting point has to be, is accept that cash is, and the right to be able to use it, is a cornerstone uh, of people's day-to-day living. Uh, and that means, you know, because it's a legal tender. Mm. Uh, and, and people like the feel of it. 
uh, of coins in their pocket and see the notes in their person. It's a way that they're able to monitor their yeah. week-to-week uh, income. But, and, but, and they want it, because I know we've spoken, I've spoken to people on here and off here on this one, they don't trust the banks, so they, they have their cash in their pocket, they spend what they want, and then they, they just feel that the banks don't know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, and as I said, w- what we're doing now at the minute is I've been one of six MEPs of the European Parliament that's been tasked with drafting initial legislation uh, on ensuring that we have uh, a right to cash uh, and we hopefully will get that through before the Parliament concludes its business for the elections in June. Uh, as I said, I think I think it's it's it, it people feel um, very strongly on this issue. Uh, we've seen it during the times of the Ploughing Championships wanted to curtail use of money. Yeah. GA matches. matches yeah. uh, NCT centres wanted to go cashless. Uh, and I think, you know, we have to ensure, because as but, I said, the fundamental point is is it gives people a right to privacy, it gives people uh, a certain amount of of control and being able to monitor what they have. Whereas yeah. if you're using card or tapping your phone, you don't have that flexibility. You know, you end up like where uh, your income, you may find that come, you were hoping it would go, stretch over the seven days and you suddenly find by tapping that maybe on the Wednesday or Thursday that you don't have as much in your account yeah. as what you thought you did. Yeah. Well, I mean, the situation is that uh, for banks then, and again, I'm not anti-banks at all, uh, but for the banks, it's very, very difficult and expensive for them to have cash. And if you're a business person, and it's not the bank's fault because they have to have a collection, they have to have it uh, delivered safely to wherever it's going to. But if you're if you're in, in a cash business and you're taking in cash, you're charged per note, Chris. Yeah, no, and I said, and there's a responsibility there on banks to play their part. They uh, are, but it, it does cost them, as one banker said to me. We have to have it collected, and that's not cheap. No, I'm and, and as I said, my primary concern is not to ensure that uh, the massive profit margins of the banks is maintained. That's not my job. My job is to protect ordinary citizens. Uh, especially those who may be more marginalised, who don't feel comfortable with, uh, you know, electronic payments in any mm. way at all. Because we do have people who, uh, for different reasons, uh, some of them, as I said, may not be comfortable with uh, using that form of payment. Uh, it could be those who maybe may not have ba- bank accounts uh, for whatever reasons, mm. uh, because they're, they're they're living on the margins mm. of society. Uh, the other problem that we would could have, potentially have, and we know it about here in the West of Ireland, is internet issues, because an awful lot of our payment system uh, is totally based yeah. on, on the internet. But again, we come back to the fundamental point of the right to be able to use cash. At the end of the day, it's legal tender. Uh, it's what people are comfortable with. It's what people want. I accept that, obviously... Paying habits changed quite quite substantially over the COVID period. But as I said, at the end of the day, what we need to do is ensure that not only have we the right to use cash, but also just as important is the right to be able to access cash. Mm. Because that is another concern that I have. And in fairness, the the Minister, uh, Minister McGrath, has... uh, uh, a, a consultation process going on it actually closes uh, this week actually on Valentine's Day strangely enough but it's about the uh, you know the national payment strategy uh, and looking to ask uh, how we move forward uh, and he seems to be taking quite a conservative or more minimalist approach it's more about the right for businesses not to use cash but with some exceptions okay. and I think that's coming at it the wrong way I think it's the right to use cash and then there may be some some exceptions we need to factor in and do you think indeed um, do you think indeed that it will remain as is or is this is this European or Irish because as as members of the European Parliament we cannot just blanketly ban or reduce the amount of cash that's out there well 
I actually think from what we're working on in the European Parliament will be actually much stronger and more robust in terms of protecting the right to use cash than uh, what Minister McGrath has, you know, articulated or indicated uh, in recent weeks and months. So in this regards, what comes out of the European Parliament uh, after it goes through its process would supersede actually uh, the the legislation that would take place here. And I, as I said, I'm trying to ensure that it's more robust, that it protects the right to use cash, uh, that it's a, it remains okay. a, a, a fundamental right. Um, somebody just said here, I'm throwing it at you, you don't have to answer. Would Chris uh, condone the IRA cash and transit and bank robberies, which has led to the higher cost of businesses and banks uh, to mine the cash? Uh, look... Uh, look, obviously, we're, we're in a different place uh, now in regards to, 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 to these issues, and I know comments come in like that, and they're probably coming in from who knows where. Yeah, uh, obvi- obviously, you know, uh, activities like that are, are to be Illegal. condoned and are, are, are very yeah. much in our rear view, we're thankfully. Can I ask you, just looking forward then, the European elections are nearly upon us in June, so they are. Um, you're going again, and you're uncontested in, well... There's two of you going, isn't there? Well, yeah, we we have our convention uh, for the European elections this coming Sunday. The nominations process is closed uh, in the west of the constituency, which is Connacht and Donegal and, and some of the Midland counties. Uh, I've been nominated. I'm delighted and honoured to be nominated uh, uh, uncontested by uh, by the party party structures throughout the area. So this weekend coming, we're having our formal convention. Uh, myself and Michelle Gildernew will be uh, the two candidates that we're having. Uh, and it's obviously our intention very much to uh, run two, to take two seats, because this has been expanded to a five-seater uh, constituency uh, with the inclusion of Leash and Offaly. And if you were a betting man, who can you see getting in? Uh, myself and Michelle Gildernew in the, in the first instance, I hope, uh, who, who will fit the other three then? <sighs> Look, I... That's not depends for, on who goes. Yeah, well, it depends on who goes. I think I think the common consensus is is that with the constituency expanding, uh, that there's probably scope there for Fianna Fáil to be uh, there thereabouts, and Fianna Gael are coming. Are, Fianna Gael are coming from two seats, yeah. uh, and maybe difficult for them to maintain the two seats on current polling trends. Uh, but I don't put an awful lot of stock in polls. Um, uh, you know, uh, and then there's also the independent vote, and as we know in, in rural Ireland, the independent vote has can at times be uh, very strong, can, can quite can be mm. quite strong. And as I said, people because they feel disconnected from Europe, they sometimes see the European ballot paper and vote as uh, as something that can be a, a bit more. Uh, uh, you know, they, they they can kind of character vote, or they can vote for. Yeah, you know. And I think people actually, if they had an awareness of the importance of, uh, you know, the, how much influence and impact decisions made at European level uh, impacted on legislation and, and day-to-day living here in Ireland, you know, there might be a bit more thought put into it. But as I said, at the end of the day, the the only two candidates that I'm prioritising in making sure we win two seats is myself and, and Michelle Gildernew. Now, I know that Fine Gael's Colin Markey has uh, said that um, Sinn Féin's stance on Russia is hugely uh, concerning. Uh, what is Jim Fein's stance on Russia? Well, Colin was referring to a vote that took place in the Parliament last Thursday on uh, an issue of an investigation into a Latvian MEP and their links uh, to uh, the Russian Secret Services. And by the time the resolution came to us to actually vote on, and there was like a lot of amendments in, in this regards were put into it, the motion was... It was not allowing due process, it wasn't allowing uh, proper investigation, 
because uh, I need to be very clear about this. I take the, the, the issue of Russian interference in the democratic uh, process very seriously, uh, as I would for, in, for any other country. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I am quite concerned about Russian links to right-wing parties uh, and movements uh, across Europe. But, as I said, the resolution was, you know, very much a shameful attempt to settle scores on a multitude of issues. Uh, you know, they were bringing in issues around Catalan independence. The Catalan independence and Catalan nationalism was mentioned eight, nine, ten times during this resolution that was supposed to be about Russia. And I'm going to be straight about it. I have, you know, I, I very much support the right to Catalan self-determination. Uh, and what this was doing was was linking Catna, the, the right of Catalan self-determination and independence to a whole uh, rake of other so issues. So that regards, I am... See, this is, this is the thing is, is what happens is, is a resolution comes before the European Parliament and while the resolution they're quite substantive it's not akin to let's say a resolution you'd see uh, at county council level yeah. uh, you know and as I said you then have seven different political groups and 700 MEPs having the right to put forward amendments so you could end up at times a resolution comes before and there could be dozens and at times hundreds of amendments too so what you get at the far end of it is absolutely a mishmash of this that and the other so mm. in that regards but well, that's where I think um, because we've spent some time with you and um Indeed, MEP Maria Walsh as well in, in Brussels. And it's a, it's a wonderful institution, but I think it's misunderstood by people. Very much so. And I, and I don't know how you, how you can yeah, clarify that. It's, I, I think it's very, it's very difficult. And I go back to the point that I, I made earlier, Keith, is people feel very disconnected between... Uh, you know the decision making uh, that goes on goes on out in Brussels or what happens. But it's, there. A, it's, it's them over there rather than them there for us. But I think as well as that is because of the delay between decisions we make and them actually having an impact uh, at a national yeah. or local level. So, like people obviously when they see the budget going through the doll, they they know immediately well, that's going to have an impact on A, B and C. But at the minute, like as I said, we're working on this this right to cash and we'll hopefully vote on it in the Parliament come April uh, and have it passed. But then it has to go to the Commission for further negotiations and then it has to be sent to all the national parliaments across 27 member states. And by the time that they get to work on it, it could be 18 months to two years since we voted on it in April mm. 2024. So quite rapidly, Rightly, you know, people will at that stage will be turning around saying, "Oh, how did that happen out in Europe?" And as it's 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 gone. It's yeah. it's it was a different lifetime. You're in town for the day. Uh, you're yeah. in the you're in the you're in the west for the well, day. Well, I'm. Uh, I, I, as I said, we, we are the amount of time we get to spend, and we have 13 counties to cover uh, to get spent back in in the constituency are limited. But I, I was in Donegal last uh, Friday. I'm going with today. After this, I head out towards Court with Lucina Kelly, our local election candidate. We're going to meet and engage with some uh, local businesses out there. And then going up to Attenry with uh, uh, Louis O'Hara, where we're going to talk to some local farmers, because I think it's important to be able to engage with them on an individual basis and just actually hear on the ground the issues and the mm. challenges and massive challenges that they're facing. And we've, you know, that whole issue of rural decline. And then I'm back in the city for this afternoon where myself and Mairead Farrell are going up to meet the uh, Brothers Charity up in Ballyband. There, there's some issues there that they're hoping that we can maybe articulate on their behalf. So, mm. uh, as I said, I, I enjoyed I, uh, I It was the one part of my job when I got it. I said to myself, I was really looking forward to because I was a councillor for, for nearly 20 years uh, and being on the ground uh, and getting out and talking to people is very much what I love. Are, are you very disappointed to see the polls dropping the way they uh, are? Look, the polls are what the polls are. And as I said, I, I'm around... 
that long. Do you see your people seeing through Sinn Féin, perhaps? No, uh, look, uh, look, we acknowledge that we've slipped over the last number of weeks, uh, but we need to put that into some kind of context. By f- we're still by far the, the largest party in terms of uh, the choice of people who want uh, to see change across the state. Maybe we need to articulate and communicate our message uh, more clearly, but, you know, and as I said, we do want to prioritise that housing is our number one issue. Okay. Uh, but, like I said, if somebody had said to me four years ago, you're going to be seven, eight, nine, ten points ahead of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael coming up on the cusp of next general election, I'd have, I'd have bitten the hand off. Mm. Finally, uh, Michelle O'Neill and uh, the Stormont Assembly up back and running. Proud day. Yes, uh, very, very positive uh, step uh, and it was great to, to actually see it happen because for uh, there was too many false stones there over the last number of months in regards to the DUP indicating uh, that they were going to go back in. Uh, I, I, I think it's, 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 a good, it's good in the first instance because for two years without uh, any form of government yeah. up there, people were uh, having difficulties on just day-to-day cost of living crisis, things like that, issues of wages, public services and all those. But in the bigger picture, we need to be able to show that uh, we can have a, a, a society that functions in the north, and that means to have a functioning government. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a very proud day for us in, to remember like that 100 years ago, uh, the one partition unfortunately divided our island, that the, the Northern Parliament was uh, to be for uh, a Protestant Parliament for a Protestant people. We now have an Irish Republican, a pro-Irish unity, uh, head of government up there and it's great. All right, good luck um, and thanks for popping into us. MVP Chris McManus, thank you for joining us uh, today. Let's head to the 10 o'clock news and we're back just after that.